0: from The Way. My name is Richard. This is a podcast where we take a weekly look at what it means to live as a Christian in the 21st century. What does it mean to live intimately and passionately with the Savior who loves us so much? What does it mean to live as a Christian and impact the people and the institutions around us? Uh, those are the kind of questions that we ask. I just wanted to encourage you, Well, before we get started with the things we have for this week, just wanted to encourage you to uh, drop us a line if you have anything that you'd like to talk about any issues you'd like to hear discussed on the podcast uh, any uh, views or insights that you might have in the things that we've already discussed i would love to hear from you all you have to do is drop me a line either at the blog that is attached to this podcast that is uh, notesfromtheway.blogspot.com or drop me an email at nftw as in notes from the way nftw at sbcglobal.net love to hear what you're thinking about and what your uh, opinions are as we continue on this journey together now let's uh, look at the news Okay, and in the news today, we're just going to look at one story and just have a little commentary about what's going on at Willow Creek. Been a lot of things uh, going all over the place. There's some videos of the pastors at Willow Creek talking about the fact that they did an inventory over the last few years to see how effective they're being reaching people and uh, helping people to grow in their faith. What they found in their surveys is that they're not being nearly as effective as they, think they, as they thought they were originally. The executive pastor there, a man by the name of Greg Hawkins, I believe he said they started in in 2004 surveying the people in their congregation to see what they're getting out of the programs. Their idea is, of course, that you uh, you have programs there that help people go from being unbelievers uh, to being fully committed followers of Christ, and uh, these programs help you move from one level of faith to the next, basically. And what they found was a lot of the things that they were spending millions of dollars in doing were not things that people were uh, using. And some of the things that they weren't putting much money in at all were what people really wanted. And their, uh, their response to this has been to just start asking some fundamental questions about what they do. And of course, you know, Willow Creek has been one of the most influential congregations in the church in North America. Uh, a lot of churches have followed their model of being seeker sensitive meaning that you uh you meaning that you give uh, your attention to making the the service more palatable i guess you could say or more accessible to unbelievers in other words you talk about topical subjects about family and work issues and being you know a good citizen and things like that and you also make your worship more contemporary so the music sounds more like what you'd hear on the radio rather than being you know older more traditional christian hymns and things of that nature um i was a little concerned about some of the things i heard i just want to read the last uh, paragraph or not the last one of the last paragraphs uh, from a video by uh, greg hawkins that i'll actually put on my uh, my blog that goes with this podcast Here's what uh, Greg Hawkins has to say. He says, our dream is that we fundamentally change the way we do church. That we take out a clean sheet of paper and we rethink all our old assumptions. Replace it with new insights. Insights that are informed by research and rooted in scripture. Our dream is really to discover what God is doing and how he's asking us to transform this planet. And that is a, a great goal. To discover what God is doing and how he's asking us to transform this planet, I think, is a terrific goal. The only thing I want to question and ask about, and I don't mean this in all to be critical because for even for a church like this, of this size, any organization of this size, to make this uh, statement that what we've been doing for the last 30 years hasn't been working like we thought it would, that's very honest and very very bold to come out and say something like that. So I applaud that. My hope would be that they would go about it a little bit differently. Because all these insights have come from not an exploration of what the Scripture says we should be as the church. But these insights come from surveys done of their congregation. And, you know, there's a real focus on the congregation almost as the customer in uh, seeker-sensitive churches. And I think there's a danger in that because, you know, there is an element of deception that goes on even in our own hearts as Christians because of the sin in our lives. And so sometimes what we want is not what we actually need. Um, And so when they say that they're going to uh, rethink everything and it's going to be informed by research, I'm hoping that what they'll do will be informed by Scripture and rooted in Scripture, as they say, and what they'll start taking a look at what does God say about these things. Because I think there's a fundamental disconnect here, which is that if you have programs, and what they said was that the people that were most faithful and most committed to christ in their congregation were the ones who were most dissatisfied with what the church was doing which i found fascinating because it's really true i found in my life and the lives of people i know is that if you have people that aren't growing who are sitting in your churches who aren't growing who aren't uh thirsting and hungering after jesus it's there's a problem and i'm not going to say that someone's saved or someone isn't saved But I do know that people who are genuinely committed to the Lord are people that you can't keep them away from Bible study. You can't keep them away from prayer. You can't keep them away from uh, sharing out of their lives with their neighbors and their families and their friends. And people around them know it and they see the difference. And those people are what Bill Hybels called in an earlier book of his, a contagious Christian. And it seems like there's a disconnect there where you say, okay, we've got to have we've got to plug people into these programs and we've got to do all this, this, and this for them, or else they're not going to grow. And I think in a sense what we're doing is we're looking at a human way of helping people grow to be more Christ like, when really what happens is when a person is saved, the Holy Spirit takes hold of them and they will grow no matter what. So it just um you know, it's just something I want us to think about the fact that It is really easy for us to trust in programs and to trust in the things that we can do and not look to see what the Holy Spirit would have us to do. Because it's a lot harder sometimes to trust the Holy Spirit than it is to trust a program or a set of principles that we've found are popular with with our consumer base, if you want to call it that, but anyway, I just hope that Willow Creek, and like I said, I applaud them for being so open and honest with what's going on, and that the fact that they've been doing all this stuff for so long, and they're so big, and they're so influential, and now they're saying, this isn't working. You know, I really applaud that. That takes a lot of, uh, of guts to be able to say that. But I hope that as they relook thing, at things, that they'll go back to, not just go back to their customer base, to their congregation. But that they'll go back to scripture and look from from just from the very beginning, because you know what the point is not what kind of songs we sing on Sunday morning. It's not so even so much what kind of teaching, although the teaching I think needs to, we do need to go back to a more biblical look at how we teach the Bible. But the point is that when the Holy Spirit grabs hold of a person, he is going to begin that good work in us and he's going to bring it to conclusion. So I hope that what we see at Willow Creek and what we'll see hopefully in churches all over this country is a return to not just looking at what people want and what they find most satisfying, but to ask the question, what does God want? What does he find most satisfying? Because in the end, that's how we're going to be the church that God wants us to be. You know, That's how we're going to find out what God is doing. That's how we're going to find out what he's asking us to do to transform this planet. And I hope that that's what they'll do at Willow Creek. Now let's look at what God has to say to us this week at the Scripture. Scripture today, I just wanted us to read a few verses from Matthew chapter 7, right at the end, uh, where Jesus talks about how we build our lives, the foundation that we build our lives on. Uh, Here's what he has to say, starting at verse 24. It says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain comes down, the streams rose... Just the uh, strikes me, I'm talking especially about the whole situation going on at Willow Creek how easy it is for us to build our foundation on the wrong things and to build our lives around the wrong things. The question we need to ask ourselves, what are we building our lives around? Um, you know, Jesus said we have two choices here, and it's all built around what we do with the words of Jesus. Uh, he said you have two choices. Either you can hear what I have to say and practice it, or you hear what I have to say, and you don't practice it. Results are going to be based on what you do. Um, and so the, and the proof comes in uh, when trouble comes. And how true is that in our lives, that when there's a problem, we really find out you know, what our lives are made of and what our choices, you know, how we make our choices and what we depend on, really are shown out by what happens when there's trouble. He says that uh, you know, those who hear his word and practice it, are going to be like those who build their house on a rock. Now, what's his word? Well, it's doing God's will. In verse 21 of that same chapter there, he says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father in heaven. And if you remember in John, uh, Jesus said the will of God is for you to believe the one that he sent. So what it boils down to really is what are you going to do with Jesus? I hope that the people who are listening to this have all you know come to the place where jesus is their savior and their uh, their forgiver and their leader uh, in their lives uh but really what happens is you we know, what what the important thing is is what happens when we make those decisions are we going to really trust god to make when we make our decisions or are we not And if we don't put into practice what Jesus said, Jesus says that if you don't do that, that when trouble comes, there's going to be disaster. Your whole life is going to fall apart. Uh, And we see that all the time. People who, even people who think that they're believers or who tell people that they're believers, and and I'm not saying they're not uh, saved, But they haven't built that foundation on the rock of Jesus, and so when troubles come, they have nothing—nothing to to support them. And uh, you know, sometimes in churches we find that out. I'm going to say, in maybe in the the Willow Creek example, they're finding that out to some extent. uh, That when you know they got right down to it, that the foundation that they had built the ministry on wasn't really doing the work that god had called them to do and my hope for them my hope for every church and for every human being for that matter i hope that we can build our foundation on what jesus had to say and put that into practice and i hope in our our personal lives our individual lives as believers that we can do that same thing and really what it comes down to if you look back at what jesus had to say here in matthew chapter five six and seven that whole sermon on the mount here Really what he talks about a lot is trusting God enough to believe and to act on what he says. Um, Because, you know, it's easier for us to hear what God has to say and then not do anything. You know, we have a lot of people like that. You know, we hear the gospel. They hear the Bible being taught even on a regular basis in their in their church or fellowships, but they don't put it to action. They don't put it to use in their lives. And it's uh, you know, it's really easy to uh, you know to trust in other things rather than just putting our our trust in the words of God. It's easier to, to build program and institution and uh, you know surveys and all these things to find out what we ought to do. It's a lot harder to just go back to the Scripture and say, God, what do you want from us? But yet that's what he expects. And if you look back through this whole uh, section here of the, the Sermon on the Mount, you know, he, he, he really could look at it in this way. He's you The know, first part, he asks us to believe that the blessed people in the world are those that are poor in spirit, and those who mourn, those who are meek, and those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, and those who are merciful, and those who are pure in heart, and those who are peacemakers and those who are persecuted, that those are the people who are blessed. He wants us to believe that and to act and align our lives like that. And you can go all through the Sermon on the Mount and see and look at it. You know what is God asking us to believe and to act on? It's an amazing uh, thing, to, an amazing way to look at these uh, these verses here. You know, He wants us to believe uh, that He's the fulfillment of the law. He wants us to believe that He that God wants us to pray. He wants us to believe that God wants us to call Him Father and to see Him as our Father, not just as our God, as our Judge or whatever, but as our loving Father. You know, he wants us not to worry. He wants us to lay up treasures in heaven. There's all these things. He wants us to uh, to come to him and seek him and to knock and to expect him to answer and to give us the things that he needs. All those things are things that he expects us to do, expects us to believe that he is not only able to do those things for us, but that he's willing to do those things for us, even that he's eager to do those things for us. And that's really what he wants. So the question that Jesus is asking us really in this illustration about the builders, about the foundation, is really, can we trust him to take care of us? And in our country, where we have so much stuff and so many resources, he really, I think, wants to ask us, can we trust him instead of trusting what we have? I mean, there's some places in this world where if you're, especially if you're a Christian, you are just taken down and beat up and you are on the wrong side of the state or you're on the wrong side of another religious group and they don't have anything to depend on but god and they do and god takes care of them what about us we have everything else we can depend on you know i could i don't i don't need god to give me my next meal to feed my family because i have a checking account that has money in it but can i trust him anyway Do I trust him anyway? That's really the question. Real question, what it boils down to, and something we've talked about a couple of times, is can we trust him to be our perfect father? Can we trust him to take care of us in every situation? Can we trust him that if we align our lives in the way that he asked us to in these uh, verses here on the Sermon on the Mount, if we align our lives that way, is God big enough and perfect enough and loving enough to take care of us? And you know what? The answer is yes, he can. And not only does he take care of us, but he takes care of those that are less fortunate than us, those who need to be taken care of. And so I want you to remember and just think on this, just ponder on this this week, that God asks us to build on the foundation of his love for us and to trust that. Not to trust in the buildings that we can build or the programs that we can create, but to trust just that he loves us, that he loves us enough to provide for us physically he loves us enough to to provide for us spiritually and that he wants us to be his children and to relate to him in a close personal intimate way so spend time with him this week the same way you would spend time with your own father your own family spend time with him get to know who he is and and trust him ask him to show you how much he loves you and you know what i have faith and confidence in him that he's going to do that he does that in my life and he'll do that in your life too Well, we're coming to the end of uh, the podcast for this week, and I hope that you've been inspired and motivated to trust God and to love Him more. I just want to ask you to join with me and to pray for those believers, our brothers and sisters, who are in countries and areas where it's not legal, or it's not uh, fashionable, or it's not advisable in a lot of cases to be a believer. We have a lot of countries, a lot of areas in this world where it's actually dangerous to be a Christian and pray for them. As they need our prayers, they need the protection that the Holy Spirit can provide. And just pray that their witness will be so great and the love that God shows them will be so great that they win over even those people that are so dead set against them. Uh, Because there are so many places in this world where being a Christian is just not a good thing, where it's not uh, acceptable at all. And just we need to pray for them. Those of us that can believe and trust and worship freely need to remember the places and the people where you can't do that. Anyway, if you have any questions, comments, anything like that, drop me an email at nftw at sbcglobal.net or join me at the blog site, which is notesfromtheway.blogspot.com. look forward to hearing from you. Until next week, God bless. Oh, ever harm me. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Oh, ever harm me. All no weapon formed against me shall prosper.